Hello and welcome to the Bits of Balance podcast, a place where health and wellness is talked about and viewed through more than just a physical lens, but an emotional, social, spiritual, and intellectual lens as well. Over here, we believe that health-promoting behaviors should add to your life rather than take away from it. I'm your host, Jacqueline Bett, a non-diet registered dietitian to be, a certified personal trainer, and an extreme ice cream enthusiast. In this podcast, you will hear special guests and myself share our journeys and how we are working to find balance in our own lives. We will also discuss ways to ditch diet culture and find food freedom. We'll also be diving into how to discover your own healthy relationship with exercise and ways to be at peace with your body. But most importantly, I hope for this podcast to inspire and motivate you to find your own balance while practicing wellness without obsession. So let's dive in and discuss some bits of balance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Bits of Balance podcast. If you know me, follow me on Instagram, or have listened to this podcast before, you know how much I dislike diet culture and all that I'm doing to help you fight against diet culture and cultivate a healthy relationship with food again. But where the heck did I even learn about what diet culture was and why did I become so passionate about this topic? Well, a lot of it is stemmed from my own past struggle with an eating disorder. However, I didn't just wake up one day and be like, I hate diet culture, so I'm going to do all that I can to educate others on these topics. I actually first heard about what diet culture was two years ago from today's guest, which is why I feel extremely honored to have had the opportunity to interview Sammy Previtt today. Sammy is an absolute expert in this field, and I cannot wait for you to tune into today's episode. Sammy is a registered dietitian and a certified intuitive eating counselor who enjoys working with all different populations. Her favorite part about being a dietitian is helping others create peace with food. Many people believe that dietitians are the food police. This is simply untrue. Sammy believes that food was made to provide our bodies with nourishment and pleasure. Sammy treats each client with individualized care based on their specific needs. Sammy and her entire team at her virtual private practice, Find Food Freedom, are proud to say that they do not support the $72 billion diet industry. Find Food Freedom is rooted in intuitive eating and health at every size. Find Food Freedom believes that all humans deserve fair, unbiased health care regardless of the size of their body. So before we get into today's episode, I want to kind of just highlight and give you a little preview on some of the topics that Sammy and I dive into. So first off, we discuss navigating the transition into the intuitive eating space of nutrition and dietetics. So a lot of our nutrition education is unfortunately rooted in diet culture, weight stigma, and all of that. So Sammy shares how she kind of did a 180 with her own virtual private practice. We also touch on why weight loss often isn't the answer to a better body image and relationship with food when we're taught for so many years that we should just lose weight. Next, we get into rewriting the belief system when being surrounded by diet culture for years. Sammy talks about how a lot of her clients will come to her and they're professional dieters. Like they have been dieting or yo-yo dieting for 20 years and It's so important to dig deeper here and totally reframe your thoughts and beliefs around this. Sammy also shares many actionable steps that you can take to get back in tune with your body and really get in touch with those hunger and fullness cues again that we're all naturally born with. She also shares that a lot of her clients are able to realize that the diet 
actually failed you and you did not fail the diet, which I think is such a powerful message. Lastly, we really touch on gaining the awareness that other people's comments about your body or what you are eating actually have everything to do with them and absolutely nothing to do with you. There are so many amazing things discussed in today's episode and I'm just like sitting here smiling right now. I know you guys can't see me. This is only audio, unfortunately, Um, but yeah, let's just get right into it. Welcome, Sammy. Thank you so much for having me, Jacqueline. Of course. I'm super pumped for you to be here. All right. We'll start off with the five fun this or that questions. Are you ready to get into these? I hope so. We'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The first one is soft serve or hard serve ice cream. Ooh, my gut reaction was to say soft serve. So I'm going to go with that, but either truly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Always go with the gut. (laughs) Yeah. And then night out with friends or relaxing night in. Oh my gosh. I would say night out with friends. Um, just because we've been, you know, we're coming off of a year plus of quarantine. So we'll go night out with friends for sure. But I love laying on the couch and just watching Netflix. So these are hard because I could go either way. (laughs) I feel that. Yeah. It's a balance of both for sure. Yes. And then beach vacation or mountain vacation. I'm going to go with, this is an easy one mountain vacation because I live at the beach. So I, that's not a vacation. That's where I live. So we right. love, we just took a trip to Denver like a little over a year ago and it was so beautiful. I say mountain. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. My sister actually just moved to Colorado. So we went there like a month ago and it was my first time ever like going there. And the pictures don't do it justice, honestly, like mm-hmm. the view from the hikes and everything. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And then read a book or watch a movie. I wish I was like, honest I wish I could say I was a read a book person but like I'm a terrible reader so I'm gonna go with watch a movie yeah I would say watch a movie especially when I need like a total brain break I just want to watch a movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then the last one is would you say that you're an early bird or a night owl my husband has transitioned me into an early bird so I used to be a night owl But then he wakes up like every morning before 6am and then I would just hear him getting up and I couldn't fall back Mm -hmm. asleep. So now I am also an early bird. There you go. I've, I've transitioned recently more into an early bird as well. Cause I have to wake up at like six for my internship, Mm -hmm. but it's annoying because now on the weekends when I can sleep in, like I physically can't, my body naturally wakes up. (laughs) Yes. But there's something to be said about being an early bird. Like I can never see it from the other side, but now when you are like, there's something peaceful about like waking up before the sun rises and like mm-hmm. getting a lot done and it's more quiet. And so I, I do enjoy it. I agree. I feel so much more efficient and I just love my morning routine. And like, like I even wake up earlier than I have to, just so I can like sit down and like enjoy my breakfast and drink my cup of coffee. <laughs> yep, exactly. I feel like I'm like older than I actually am. But anyways, (laughs) what you're saying right now, if I, when I was your age, I was not saying the things that you're saying. So yes, you are (laughs) definitely mature for your age from what I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I'll start by having you give an introduction to my audience just as to who you are and kind of what you do in your career. Awesome. So um, I am a registered dietitian and a certified intuitive eating counselor under Evelyn Tribley. Um, I'm also a certified personal trainer through NASM, um, and I own Find Food Freedom, which is a virtual private practice made up of a team of RDs and certified intuitive eating counselors, and we support people 
and help them make peace with food. Truly now we can say globally all over the world. So we have clients in Egypt, New Zealand, Spain, UK, Canada, Belize. Um, it's been wild. Um, we, I used to co-own like a practice in Jacksonville, Florida, where I live. Um, and we would see people on line, like kind of like a little bit. And then COVID really pushed to make the jump. And I'm so happy that we took that risk because now we get to work with people all over the world. So we do everything from one-on-one coaching. We have group coaching programs. We have kind of a hybrid of both. Our mastermind program has the group and the one-on-one support. Um, And then this, what month are we in? Like, what day is it? It's July. (laughs) So we are um, also about to launch a membership, which is one of our lowest cost options. Cause we're just trying to get support in the hands of as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the fine food freedom podcast that, um, I host as well as I'm a co-host on the, what the actual fork podcast. So we just do all the things and mm-hmm. we love, um, I feel, I say we, cause my team is amazing and, and I would be doing them a disservice. Like I can't do not like even half the things that I do without them. Um, I think it's really important because I think there's a lot of people on social media that talk about themselves, but they all have a team behind them. And so we're a huge team here at Fine Food Freedom. um, And I just feel so fortunate to be able to be doing all of that. I love that. Yeah. You're having such an amazing impact on so many people. I can just tell like, that's awesome that you're going global. And I mean, as terrible as obviously COVID was and like the terrible negative impacts it had on so many people, I think it really um, sparked things that wouldn't have been sparked if it didn't happen. You know, like you probably never, you maybe never would have taken that jump to go like fully virtual and all that. So I think that's awesome. And just, I love the message that you and your team are spreading. I'm always hyping up your posts. I love them. But I just want to ask you, like what kind of got you into nutrition initially, like, did you go to college and know that you wanted to be a registered dietitian or where'd that kind of come from? Well, that's a great question. And like I said to you off air, you are already 500 steps ahead of where (laughs) I was at, you know, back in the day when I was your age. So I went to college knowing I wanted to help people. I went to college, like that was really it. Like I knew I wanted to help people. I really didn't know what that meant. Uh, I thought maybe like nursing would be for me um, and then kind of stumbled on in my summer classes. Cause I did do summer session at Penn state before my freshman year, my summer session classes, I took a nutrition class and it was paired with a, like a fitness studies class. So mm-hmm. like three days a week were nutrition and two days a week were in the gym and like writing workout plans and learning about compound versus isolation movements and all that kind of stuff. And I really was interested in how all of that fit together. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Um, So that I feel like is rare that like my first class ever that I ever took was nutrition and fitness. And then the other class during summer session was public speaking, which I love. Hmm. Like I could speak forever. That's my favorite thing. (laughs) So that truly like kind of set the stage, but I wish I could say that by like freshman year, I knew I wanted to, you know, found find food freedom. No way. So my, my college years were full of disordered eating, um, Penn state 
I hope it's changed by now. I mean, I love Penn State, don't get me wrong, but it was just full of weight-centric, um, weight management, like super diet culture lessons, um, which I think just perpetuated my disordered eating at the time. Um, a lot of like restricting during the weekdays, binging on weekends and heavy drinking, big party school. That was just kind of what you did in college. And it, it sounds so silly to say that, but when you're in it, it's just like, oh, this is what everybody does. And you don't really Mm -hmm. think it's disordered. Um, And so, yeah, I graduated college, fast forward a little bit, graduated college with my nutrition degree, got accepted to a dietetic internship. And I remember like walking across the stage on graduation day and being like, what a joke. Like I am so unhealthy. I hate myself, like my body. I hate like food was such a disordered relationship. And I was like, I'm going to be a dietitian. Like I was so confused. There's like this big internal struggle about how I was going to be a dietitian when I didn't know I'm going to use air quotes, like the magic answer to like mm-hmm. life and weight loss and all of these things. Um, so fast forward, became a dietitian still in our dietetic internship, taught a lot of weight centric, um, healthcare, very biased, um, unfair healthcare. And it wasn't until I was deep into my, you know, probably like three or four years into my career as a dietitian that one of my friends, Haley Goodrich, who is an eating disorder dietitian, she was posting a lot about intuitive eating. And I was like, what is this? And Mm -hmm. at that time I had kind of naturally became an intuitive eater because I was so fed up with the dieting, with the rules, with the disordered eating that I was like, I just can't do this shit anymore. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of stopped and wasn't doing anything and kind of found myself naturally gravitating towards intuitive eating. And then when I found intuitive eating, I was like, oh, this is like a real thing. Like it has principles. It has over 140 studies. Like this is it. And Mm -hmm. So once I found that I couldn't like unsee it and unlearn it and, um, just really dove headfirst into it. And then at that time I was working in private practice and I was like, well, we have to just change our entire practice because everything was rooted in weight centric care before. And it was really scary. It was really hard. It was, um, it was really, really hard to do, but I wouldn't change any of it because, it, for me at that point, it was either I leave the field of nutrition or I pursue intuitive eating because of that dissonance I felt. So Mm -hmm. I just gave you a super long-winded answer. So any way you want to take that or any additional questions (laughs) you have, feel free to follow up with. Yeah, no, that was really helpful. And thank you for sharing that. I mean, people are born intuitive eaters, right? Like, I mean, I think I believe that people are born intuitive eaters. And then when diet culture comes in, that's when it becomes obsessive with numbers, macros, or like whatever it may be. And it just sounds like the moment you found intuitive eating, you're like, wait, this is actually like an answer and this is freeing. And I think it's so great to spread the message about intuitive eating and that there is an answer to having a better and healthy relationship relationship with food, because I think so many people think they're going to be stuck, like counting calories are stuck forever. And it's just amazing when the person's eyes are opened, I guess, to that basically. So you totally flipped your practice kind of, um, did you get any like kickback from that or what was the response from people? It's a great question. So, you know, working with clients, I've all, of course, always been respectful with my clients, always have utmost respect for them. So 
working out of a weight centric practice, when people come to you and say, I want to lose weight as a, as a weight centric dietitian, you say, okay, let me help you lose weight. And Mm -hmm. that's what you're doing with them. You're restricting them. You're cutting their calories down. You're cutting their portions down. So super trigger warnings for anyone who's listening. Um, So now when someone comes to me and says, I want to lose weight, I don't like smack them and say, you can't do that. (laughs) I tell them to leave, but I say, tell me more, right? Like, Mm -hmm. tell me why you want to lose weight. So I think there's like a big misconception that, and, or not misconception. I think that that's a great question that you had is like, yeah, like how did, how did your clients take that? Or how did that go? But really it was just shifting the practice to have more respect for our clients to be unbiased in our healthcare, mm-hmm. to offer fair healthcare. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with that tell me that, you know, they go to their doctor because they have knee pain and their doctor points the finger and says, well, you need to lose weight. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. like they haven't done an x-ray or an MRI or anything to even know what's going on with the knee. So mm-hmm. really what, when you switch to intuitive eating, what you're doing is you're just offering fair, unbiased healthcare to your clients and removing the guilt and shame instead of perpetuating more guilt and shame on top of what they already have from diet culture. So it was definitely, um, tricky because you have to yourself as a dietitian, you have to unlearn everything that I learned in school mm-hmm. in my, like, this is kind of harsh to say it's bullshit. And I don't use any of it. Like everything that I do right now in my practice, I didn't learn it in college. I didn't learn it in my internship. So I look back and I'm like, wow, wow. Like how much time was I not only wasted, but what I was, I learning diet culture. Yeah. So it just, it takes time to unlearn information and relearn and rewrite your belief systems. A hundred percent. And props to you for doing all of that, because it is so much work. Like I've, I'm just at the beginning of it. Like I've read intuitive eating the book two times, but like my education is very similar, I would say to kind of what it sounds like yours was. And like, I think that someday maybe intuitive eating will be integrated into the education. Like I sure hope so. But yeah, like you said, that's nothing that we learn in school and it's all self-taught, which is insane. But I mean, it's worth it because if you're actually changing people's lives, like for the long term, rather than giving them a quick fix and something that you don't truly believe in, which is something that you would never want to do, obviously. But I had a question for you. So how do you So, you know, you said like sometimes clients will come to you and they want to lose weight. That's their goal. And I think that's super common for me as well, because I'm also a personal trainer and people will just, I have like a form to fill out. What are your goals? I just want to lose weight or I want to get toned. So how do you help people realize that I guess like their worth doesn't come from their weight? Like what are some steps that you take for people to dig deeper and actually get curious about those thoughts? It's a great question. So I would say before we made the switch to being like full-blown intuitive eating health at every size, like very open about our beliefs as a practice, we were getting a lot of that as well, where Mm -hmm. people were calling in, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. And you try to kind of explain intuitive eating to them. And they're like, yeah, 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 that's nice, but I want to lose weight. And that's, that's what, honestly, that alone was a big reason why I had to make that jump over to, to being who we are today, because I couldn't do that anymore. Like it just felt so uncomfortable and it are, 
at the end of the day, the belief systems of the client weren't aligning with mine or my practice. And that isn't good healthcare for anyone. That isn't mm-hmm. going to be a good partnership. So that is one piece of advice I would have is like, if, if for any practitioners that truly are teaching intuitive eating or health at every size, like you can't have one foot in intuitive eating and one foot in helping people lose weight. And I tried to do that for a really long time, well, probably like a few months to a year. And that's one way to burn out quick because people are going to be really unhappy with you. You're not going to feel fulfilled. There's a lot of dissonance involved. Um, so just being really firmly rooted in what you believe is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but to answer your question, kind of go further we, we don't get those clients. Like our clients aren't coming to us and saying like, I want you to help me to lose weight. Mm-hmm. It's more so because they know what we do. They're like, okay, I know dieting doesn't work. Right. Right. I don't want to diet anymore, but I'm petrified of what's going to happen. Like I'm, I have this fear of weight gain or fear of my body changing. So the good thing about when you're so firmly rooted in your purpose and mission as you're attracting people that we don't have to convince them that dieting doesn't work. They already know it by the time they gotcha. come to our door, um, which is super helpful because honestly, before we transitioned, I felt like all I was doing is defending intuitive eating and trying to like sell people on it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. When really like as dietitians, it's not our job to teach people that dieting doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Our job is that when people are ready they come to us and then we can help them turn inward, listen to their body, all of those things. So this is a super long-winded answer because that's like an answer before the answer, but let's go to your actual question. If someone says, but I I just still have that desire to want to lose weight because that's Mm -hmm. what we hear a lot in our practice. They're like, I get it. I know that's not the purpose of intuitive eating, but I still have this desire. Mm -hmm. Just like I said before, it's, it's asking them, tell me more, right? Why? What's going on there? And so usually you'll get a couple of different answers. Most people will say, I want to lose weight for health. Um, you hear that all the time. Well, mm-hmm. we know that weight does not equal health mm-hmm. and that we can look at, you know, the determinants of health and look at all of the things that actually affect our health. So a big part of the work is breaking down the research of like, you know, if we look at, let's say food, movement, stress, sleep management, all of these things, we can work on all of those and improve our health uncoupled from changing our body. So being an intuitive eating dietitian, I'm not anti-human beings losing weight. A Mm -hmm. lot of my clients do lose weight if they're above their set point theory, but I, you will never see that promoted on my page because intuitive eating is neutral about weight loss. Mm -hmm. We don't celebrate it but we don't like slap people on the wrist and like shame them for losing weight. Right. Right. Their body naturally loses weight. So be it. Um, so that's one, if, if it's health, it's really getting that education on like what actually does impact our health, because Mm -hmm. we know that yo-yo dieting increases risk of disease states and that dieting is the number one predictor of weight gain. So people are dieting for health reasons to lose weight, heavy air quotes, when we know that dieting actually does the complete opposite for the majority Mm -hmm. of people. So really just helping walk people through that. And then it comes down to the belief system, right? Mm -hmm. So diet culture is obviously a huge proponent of, um, you know, disturbing people from being intuitive eaters, but it, it would be doing a disservice if we didn't also note that people 
are disconnected from their intuitive eating due to trauma, due to mm-hmm. abuse, um, due to so many other things. So a big part of, you know, walking, being able to say, I'm not going to focus on weight loss. We have to rewrite entire belief systems that have been written into people since the moment they entered this world, whether it's through diet culture, or I would say the majority of the clients we work with have parents, spouses, exes that told them that they weren't going to love them unless they were in a smaller body, or they would celebrate them for losing weight, or they would shame them or restrict them for certain foods. So I wish it was like such a quick answer, but that is, I would say even more so than the actual research and kind of walking through a big part of what we do is unpack belief systems with people because we are not born with those thoughts and beliefs. We are taught them. So Mm -hmm. just as much as we can be taught these belief systems, we can unlearn them and we can rewrite our own beliefs that align with our body. Right. I love that. Yeah. It is so deeply rooted and there's a lot of just mindset reframes and things that you have to work through to really ultimately get there for the long haul. But I also love what you said about, because I had a question for you. I was like wanting to ask you, like, how do you help clients realize that diets and diet culture are the problem and not them? But I love how you pointed out that because of the message that you put out and because of how firmly rooted in your belief system and how you practice as a practitioner, like people already know that about you and people come to you because they know that the diets have failed them. They know that it's time to fully heal, heal the relationship with food. So I think that that's awesome. And it just shows that people are listening to your message and your team's message and realizing like what they actually need is the intuitive eating mindset and all that. So that's awesome. But I was afraid of that for sure, because, you know, and I think I hear that from professionals all the time. They're like, but if I don't, do weight loss, then like, no one's going to come to me. Or if I don't, you know, that's a big fear. And I, and I get that because we're taught in a weight centric world and, and healthcare system and schooling. But as soon as we made that switch, like it is, it is amazing because you just get the most ideal clients who just get it and they want to be there and they want to do the work. And it is by far so rewarding. Mm-hmm. And it's probably just so freeing in your own head because like you said when you still have like your foot in both doors like I can see how that can lead to like burnout and stress like or like just thinking like this is so wrong for me to do and things like that so yeah just focusing on what you truly believe in I think is so important and that like really speaks to me as well so thank you for sharing that and then also I wanted to hear from you maybe some like actionable ways that you work with clients to help clients be more in tune with their bodies and trust their bodies again, because when we come from that background of dieting or yo-yo dieting, whatever it may be, you get out of touch with your body and you might not even have hunger cues anymore and things like that. And I know that intuitive eating is so rooted in like that introceptive awareness and like things like that. So how do you work with clients through some of that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first step is always awareness of just like you said, I mean, it depends on where the person is in the journey but they don't realize how much of an impact diet culture has on them. Even when they come into our practice, like I think they're like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to diet anymore. But then as they start learning, they're like, wow, like I had no idea. So just building that awareness with them is okay. How many years have you been in diet culture? How many years have you been dieting on and off? 
I'll say the average we probably get is like 20 years of dieting experience. So you think about, okay, if you had 20 years of experience in accounting, you'd be a really freaking great accountant. You'd be a professional. And so we are working with professional dieters. So to be able to tap into your hunger cues, we have to have awareness about what are the food rules that we still believe? Where did those come from? Um, And even if we're not actively physically restricting, because some people come to me and say, I'm not restricting Sammy. I eat blah, 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 blah. You know, pizza, cake, cookies, whatever their fear foods are. Mm -hmm. But then when we think about it, they're mentally restricting. So yes, they're physically allowing themselves to eat, but the negative self-talk, like, why are you eating that? You don't deserve that. You're such a horrible person. You're so bad. Like, that's not allowing yourself to eat something, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's really building that awareness about what are your food rules? What is the self-talk you have around food? Do you feel guilt and shame when you eat certain foods or certain amounts of foods? Um, We have to start there before we can even get into the hunger cues and those things. Because if you feel guilt and shame with food, it's impossible to kind of get there. But to, so that would be where my head goes first is like, that's really got to be step one. But then as we start to release some of that morality with food, um, it's, it's learning, like you said, like, what are your hunger cues? A lot of times when we've had 20 years of professional dieting experience, we don't know hunger cues, but we can tell you how many calories are in a quest bar and how many (laughs) grams of sugar are in a cupcake. And, you know, and how many Weight Watchers points are in 12 almonds, but we can't turn inward. So it's recognizing that dieting and restricting and all of that is external, right? It's looking outside of your body. So we have different counseling mechanisms we use. We'll run through all of the hunger cues. So the physical sensations that come up in your body, um, cognitive function, irritability, um, mouth feel like there's all these different things. And so we'll kind of walk through that with a client and we'll do it intentionally when they're like, let's say three to four hours since their last meal or snack. So we mm. know they're hungry. We know that hunger cues will be present. And then we kind of walk through and name different foods and kind of see when does the saliva hit your, like come out. And we really teach them like how to hear and feel things again in your body Mm -hmm. that you couldn't hear or feel because we were so lost in the freaking hamster wheel that spins in our brain of this rule or this, you know, counter range or whatever. So really Mm -hmm. quieting the noise in our head and learning how to, to listen again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. It, it is so hard after, I mean, that's also speaking from experience. Like I remember for a period of time, like I, totally didn't even have hunger cues. Like I just didn't get hungry, which is terrible to think about. But like when you train your body and like you said, I love the word that you said, like professional dieting, but like when you're doing that for such an extended period of time, and obviously I'm young, it wasn't for 20 years, but like when people come to you and they've been doing that for so long, I think it's also important to notice like that this is going to take time. This isn't something that overnight or even in a couple of days, weeks, months, like you can work through it. Like it's something that often takes like years to work through to totally reframe those neural pathways in your brain even and like all that stuff so yeah um and then a couple final questions before we start to wrap up so the first one is what is advice that 
you would have given your younger self? Maybe this was when you were in college or whatever it may be. That's a great one. Um, I would just say that there is, and this could go in so many different ways. And I guess I say it to myself, but I also want obviously for listeners to apply this to them is like, there is nothing wrong with you. Like there is absolutely nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with your body. And that is what we have been made to believe. And because of that belief, now we're running around, you know, the $72 billion diet industry trying to fix everything, but there's nothing wrong with you. The diet culture is the one industry where the, um, the actual diet fails, right. But they point at the consumer and say, there's something wrong with you. And mm-hmm. so once we can truly have that belief that there's nothing wrong with me, there's nothing wrong with my body, then we can start to be more kinder, more compassionate towards ourselves, And that's when a lot of the healing can take place. Mm-hmm. It's and so I simple sure as hell needed that years ago. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's so simple, but it's so powerful at the same time. I love that. Um, and then lastly, what is a quote or just like a mantra that you really live by? Hmm. Well, my most recent one that has nothing to do with nutrition is that God, <laughs> God's got this because I definitely struggle with worry and anxiety and so many different things in my life. And mm-hmm. I just like woke up one day and I was like, worrying is literally praying for the things that you don't want to happen to happen. So why mm-hmm. am I taking all of this mental bandwidth and allowing it to take up so much space. So as soon as I started really leaning into that, it's been so amazing to watch that just like weight lifted off of my shoulders. Um, mm-hmm. So that's like totally non-nutrition related. Mm-hmm. I'm also going <laughs> to give one for listeners that has been a theme this week. And so that's why it's kind of coming up for me with every client with summer coming up and just social events is other people's comments about your body or what you're eating have everything to do with them and their relationship with food and their relationship with their body and absolutely nothing to do with you. And that's Mm -hmm. such a big part of the intuitive eating counseling piece that people don't think about. We spend so much time in session with our clients reviewing boundaries and how to keep yourself safe because you do all this work and then you walk out into the super triggering diet culture world and it feels like you're the only one doing this, but you're not. Um, And so just, I would say that's one for people to take away from as well is just like whatever people say to you, it has everything to do with their relationship with themselves and nothing to do with you. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Focus inward. And it's so easy to fall into that comparison trap, I think. But when you know, like what you are doing for yourself is what you need and everyone's needs are different. Everyone's at a different stage of life. Everyone has different experiences, right? So just focusing on what you need and doing things for yourself. Also, I love God's got this. Like that's, that's so true. Just, you know, I mean, I think everything happens for a reason and that is a a huge weight lift off your shoulders. Just like you said, just to have faith and know that it's going to be okay. Like, we're always moving forward to the future. <laughs> yeah. Like he's already written the ending to the story. So like why it's so easy. I'm a very type a control freak people, people pleaser. So yeah. it's so easy to get so consumed in all of that. But then once you realize like, this isn't even our like trail to, to make, right? Like it's his. Mm-hmm. And so releasing yourself of, of doing that um, can be super, super helpful. At least it has been for me. So, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. You can only control 
a lot less than we think we can control, if that makes sense, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so to finally wrap up, if anyone is listening and wants to find you, and I'm sure they already love and learn, have learned so much from you, um, but where can people find you and connect with you? I would say our Instagram is the easiest place to go because it connects everywhere else. So you can find us at find.food.freedom um, and the, our link in bio will pretty much take you to everything you could ever want from there. So it's a great place to start. Perfect. Including your TikTok, because I love your TikTok. That is true. That is true. TikTok as well. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on my show today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me in today's episode. If something from today's chat really resonated with you or just hit home, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram via DM and I would love to talk with you more there. I love connecting with you. Additionally, if you want to let me or today's guest know that you're listening, screenshot this episode and post it up on your Instagram story and tag me at Jacqueline Lives Well. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me, help to support my show and help me to reach more people with this positive message if you left a quick rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe or follow the Bits of Balance podcast wherever you're listening so that you never miss an episode from me. Once again, we'll chat soon.